Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We are having to make the same choices, the same decisions that every individual throughout biblical history had to make from Eve all the way up to present. Everyone had to make the decision whether they will follow the ways of the enemy, the things that the enemy is telling them to do, or whether they will be and maintain faithfulness to God and do what God has called them to do. It's going to all boil down to our obedience to the Lord. Sunday Supper and time to feast on God's Word. Sunday Supper is a ministry of Christ Church for the End Times. Christ Church for the End Times is a non-denominational teaching church ministry. Our mission is to help prepare God's people for life and ministry during the times in which we live. Join us on Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. for a dynamic, practical, engaging, and life-changing Bible study. And on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. for a weekly church service. But for now, let's feast at the Lord's table. Here's today's message, already in progress. Well, praise the Lord from whom all blessings flow. Welcome to another Sunday worship service here at Christ Church for the End Times. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Father, I do thank and I praise you, Lord, for blessing us to see this day and for everything that has taken place within the service thus far. Lord, help us to surrender our hearts to you and help us to have ears to hear and a heart to receive from you, Lord, so that as your word goes forward, it will find a heart of understanding that good soil, Lord, and that it will be implanted and that it will bring forth a hundredfold, an additional sixtyfold, an overflowing thirtyfold, so that we will have sufficiency not only for our lives, but also to disperse abroad liberally without encountering any lack or need ourselves. Help us, Lord, as we receive your word to uh, not only allow that word to be sown into our heart, but that and that fruit to come forth. But help us, Lord, go forth sowing and to sow and planting, Lord, so that we can begin to initiate change in this world that has yet to take place. Father, again, I do thank you and I praise you for it. We bind every hindrance. We bind the high thought. We bind any and everything that seeks to exalt itself above you, your messenger, or these your people from receiving your gospel. Again, we do thank you and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, today we are continuing with our message we started on watch night titled Living in Bible Days. As I said then, a lot of times we look back and say, man, what would I do if I was living in the Bible days? The thing I want to try to convey to us is that we are living in Bible days. We may not think we are, but we are. Think about it this way. When you look at all of those individuals, whether it's Abraham, whether it's Noah, whether it's Moses, the apostles and so forth. Do you think that they were thinking that they was living in Bible days and somebody was going to 
compile a book that called the Bible and them being in it? Uh, probably not. And what, but what they were doing is living out their faith. They were doing that which God laid to their charge to do. The chips fall with, fell where they may. And so, unfortunately, because we have the advantage of history and we have scripture recorded and it's so widely disseminated, then a lot of times uh, we come up with our own views. And some of our views, we may not realize it, but are not, they are not of God, but they are of the wicked one. Always remember this. And you come, sometimes I go back and re- reflect upon scripture and reflect upon certain scenes that transpired in scripture. And I look at Eve and I look at Adam with Eve when she began to talk to the enemy. And all of a sudden, she did the opposite of what God told her to do. If she would have just stayed in her lane, if she would have just been faithful to God, just, do, just did exactly what God said, guess what? Everything not only would have turned out right for her in that moment, everything would have turned out right for humanity. Guess what? The same thing holds true when it comes to us. We are having to make the same choices, the same decisions, that every individual throughout biblical history had to make from Eve all the way up to present. Everyone had to make the decision whether they will follow the, the, the ways of the enemy, the things that the enemy is telling them to do, or whether they will be and maintain faithfulness to God and do what God has called them to do. When it's all said and done, it's going to all boil down to our obedience to the Lord. And the way that we know what God wants us to do, at least one of the first ways we can know what God wants us to do outside of preaching is God's word. And for some reason, many of us just do not think that God's word and reading the Bible is important. If we think it's uh, too challenging, we don't understand something in it or whatever, as opposed to seeking out the answers, what we do is shove it aside or we replace what the scripture is saying with our religious traditions and our religious traditions are going to be the things that's going to facilitate us not doing and accomplishing some of the things that God wants us to do until after the fact. And a part of what we are going to be sharing with us today is some insights as to literally a part of the reason why I'm saying we are living in Bible days. We got to understand as believers today, talking about the faithful, talking about the saints of God, you were spoken about in scripture. I always tell people, don't forget, Jesus literally prayed for you. You go to John 17 and, and you will see how Jesus literally prayed for us, not just for his disciples, but for all of those that will believe on him. Through their words. Now, let me ask this question. Do you believe on the Lord? Did you acquire that belief through the words of the apostles? They may not have spoken to you verbally, but they spoke through you through the annals of time, through his word, through scripture. You read the writings of Paul, of James and Peter and so many. Those are the reasons that we have faith. There's somebody else that spoke about us that we don't think about. And that happened way before the apostles and way before Jesus and literally way before some of the ones that we have a tendency to to admire in Scripture. And I want to somewhat start there 
but I'm going to preference what I'm about to read to you, and I'm going to read for you Daniel, a portions of Daniel chapter 7. I'm going to read verse 21 through 27. If you follow along this ministry and, and me, and, and we preach many times, you will find invariably, sometimes I have no intentions of doing so, but it just happened to come up. There are going to be sprinkles of what we call, and when I'm saying what we call, maybe I should say what the church called politics. And I know it just turns some people off because we've gotten into that place where it says you don't need to be preaching about politics in the church. And I always say, I'm trying to be a little more polite, but really that is stupid. It is idiotic. It is dotish. It is something that should never come out of our mouths as believers. And today I'm going to show you a part of the reasons why. Not only that, from Genesis, to well, maybe not from Genesis. Well, yeah, almost from Genesis to Revelation, you're going to see the influence of what we call today politics on the people of God. And what happens and what we fail to see in the church is that what the enemy has done is leverage not just politics, but political leaders and leadership. He has leveraged them in order to incorporate what he wants to do and is trying to accomplish in the earth. You got to understand that's the only way he can really do it. It's the most efficient way to do it. You get the leadership, you get them to influence the people, and you have the people exactly where you want them to be. And if you can get the church, which is the hedge against all of that, if you can get the church just to keep their mouth set, the Christians, believers, the saints, to keep their mouth shut, to be quiet, or to be so timid that you're worthless, then the enemy can do and accomplish whatever he wants to do and accomplish unabatedly. And unfortunately, that's where we are today in the church. So, when I'm talking about uh, interjecting things related to politics, especially here in America or in places in the West, when we are interjecting political parties or affiliations, always remember, I'm not trying to be Monday morning quarterbacking. I'm not trying to be the referee on the, on the, on the field trying to call balls and strikes and see who got a first down or not. I'm trying to do my part to give you the insights that you need in order to keep from being deceived by the enemy. And so you can make wise choices in your life. And the reason for that is so that we can affect and accomplish that which we that which has been laid to our charge to accomplish. Let me say this and we're going to get to the scriptures. By and large, the church has forsaken the great commandments to go into all the world and to preach the gospel to lay hands on the sick, to recover sights to the blind, and all those things Jesus told us to do as believers, by and large, we have forsaken that. Some of us have gotten so bold and we have, have, have fallen so far away, we're not even coming to church. we rather just listen to church on radio, on TV, on Internet, and so forth, and we, we check a little religious experience off of our little checklist, and we think we're okay. The only thing I'm telling you is that you're sadly mistaken. Not only that you're sadly mistaken, you're living your life in disobedience. Why? Because one of the things that's said in the scripture that you haven't read is that 
Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the matter of some is, which means it even happened back in, in the days of the apostles. And he said, even the more so as you see that day approaching. And I think most believers know that something approaching, they may not can, can pin down exactly what it is. They may, can, they may not can articulate it, but they know there's something taking place. And when we're talking about times of transition, and living in Bible days, that's what we're talking about. Saints, hear me. Hear me clearly. This world is changing. It's changing in ways that you cannot imagine. Some of the changes have already taken place. Maybe I should say the infrastructure for those changes has already taken place, and they're just waiting to be implemented. And we are the fortunate ones, many of us, to be in a position when we, with our own eyes, are going to see those transitions take place. Some of it is not going to be pleasurable. Some of it is going to, we're going to really like. And some of it we're going to like, but it's not going to work to our good. As believers, we have to be able to differentiate between the two. And see, saints, Jesus says, be careful that no one deceive you. How would the enemy deceive you? He's not going to do it overtly. He's not going to come to you and tell you that I'm here to deceive you. He's going to do it in such a way so that you will accept it. And, and this is why I was sharing with you before that deception is literally an attempt to get you to accept what's contrary to your own interests. That's the only reason why he needs to deceive you, because there's something that he wants to do that's not in your interest, that he needs you to embrace for some reason in order, to, in order to circumvent your interest and undermine your interest. And that's the reason for the deception. Whether it's on a small scale, whether it's on a broad scale, whether it's on a global scale, this deception is going to be on a global, global scale. It may start small, it may be broad, but it's going to be global. And I know many of us in the church are expecting Jesus to rapture us away and take us out of here before we see all of those things take place. As I always say, somewhat jokingly, a little tongue in cheek, but a little bit of seriousness also. If that's the case, make sure I'm the, one of the first one to take wings. <laughs> make sure I'm the, at the front of the bus. Make sure I'm in the first class section on the plane. However the Lord decide to take us away, hey, I'm ready. I don't want to be here not one moment longer than I need to be, but I'm willing to be here as long as the Lord so see fit. And every believer should be the same way. We should not be marking time until Jesus come and rapture us away. Let me tell you something. There's not one thing you can do to prevent the rapture from taking place at the time that God has appointed. And so what we need to do is the same thing that Jesus told us to do. Be ready because we don't know when the Son of Man is going to appear. You don't know when Jesus is going to come. But one thing we can do is be ready for that eventuality. Jesus will come. He's going to catch up his people in the moment of a twinkling of an eye. But the thing we got to do is be ready. And far too many believers, contrary to popular belief, is not ready. The question you got to ask yourself is, are you ready? The best of your ability, are you ready? Have you committed your life to the Lord? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Have you... Uh, position yourself to be willing to make whatever sacrifice is necessary in order to be the lights that will shine in the midst of this dark and crooked and perverse nation? Or will you acquiesce? If you are one of the acquiescent ones, you're not ready. And the thing that we have to do as people of God is to arm ourselves likewise to be ready. And a part of what I'm sharing with you is to help you to be ready, to help all of us to be ready. This preparation has to be one of the spirit, not of the flesh. This is why the scripture says, make not provisions for the flesh. Those are the things that are temporary. It doesn't matter how good or not so good your life is, you're only in a temporary state, a temporary place. It's not going to be that way forever. As people of God, we're looking for an eternity. We're looking, we're looking for a better life for an eternity. We're not talking about this temporary respite that you may experience in this life. We're looking for permanence. We're looking for that time and that place when we will be above only and not beneath. When we will experience the blessings of God, whether we are going out or whether we're coming in. We're looking for that time when we'll, we won't have to pray and, and think about whether or not we have enough of this and enough of that. Always remember this. There is no lack in the kingdom of heaven. There is none. There is no lack in the kingdom of heaven. And this is why we as people of God need to begin to preach the kingdom of heaven. And which is another thing that the church have failed to do that we're going to come back to because it's going to be a prerequisite in order for us to experience this, experience the victories that God has in store for us. We're going to have to begin to preach the kingdom of heaven and live the kingdom of heaven, which means we're going to have to Learn the standards of the kingdom. And when you look at Jesus, when you look at John the Baptist, John the Baptist's ministry was to prepare man's heart for the advent of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus Christ's ministry is to convey the ways, I call it the ways of the kingdom. And that's just the standards, the way that you live your life in the here and now according to the standards of the kingdom of heaven. And if we do that, then we will see victories in this life as well as in the life to come. But let's go ahead and read the scriptures. We are talking about a time of transition. We're living in the Bible days. I'm about to show you one of the indicators of that and that we are in a time of transition. Now, transition is the process or a period of changing from one state or condition to another. You're moving from one thing into another. My premise, my thesis here today is that we're in a period of transition. This is a period of transition and we are moving, actually we're moving into that period when there's going to be abruptness. If you go back and you look at things that's been happening in the, in the last few years, a lot of things have been Well, let me put it this way. Things that have been our norms are being and have been displaced by things that are abnormal. Saints, it is abnormal for men to marry men. It is abnormal 
for adults to lay with children is abnormal. It is abnormal, saints, for men to try to become women and for women to become men. It is abnormal. And if you're in a church that embraced that, you're in an abnormal church. It is not of God. You cannot establish something that's contrary to God's word and what God says and expect it to be normalized just because you decide to embrace it. You got to understand, this is not the tail wagging the dog here. This is not you controlling what God is going to accept and what he's not going to accept. God has told us what he is going to accept. And if, and if you want to know what God will accept, just read his word. He's already made himself clear on the, in those regards. And for us to try to institute it in spite of what God says is to be no different than what Eve did and what Adam did and what so many has done when it comes to rejecting what God says and establish their own way. And ask yourself, has there been one instance when rejecting the ways of God went well for the individuals that have done so? If you, want it to go, if you want things to go well with you, then you do it God's way. Now, when I'm saying going well with you, I'm not talking about what they told me when I first get saved and what they used to say when you get saved. Well, when you come to the Lord, all your trouble is going to be over. No, I found out when you come to the Lord, that's when sometimes your troubles start. Because while you was out there with the devil, the devil had you exactly where he wanted you. He didn't have to do anything to dissuade you or to try to persuade you not to do this and to do that or whatever. He already had you doing it. He didn't have to waste any time with you. You were already on the road to destruction. Then all of a sudden you decided to make a turn. You decide to make a right turn, not a left one, a right turn and do things the right way. Do things the way that God wanted you to do it. And what the enemy said, no, we can't let this happen because that then other people that may admire that person may decide to do the same thing. No, the enemy is not going to tolerate that. When you do things contrary to God's will, then the opposite of the blessing is cursing. Well, a little aside on that. Let's go ahead and get to the scripture. Daniel chapter 7, verse 21. Now, in order to get the full tenor of this, you really not only need to read this entire chapter, you really need to read Daniel. Uh, it actually be good to read from chapter 1 all the way through, but at least to chapter 9. But a little aside, look at verse 7. I beheld, and the same horn made war with, who's that? I think that I think I think this is one of them flawed, those flawed translation. This because this Bible says the horn made war with the saints. It didn't say war against God. He says made, making war against the saints. And when he's talking about horn, this word horn. And now let me just say this also. I know I'm ramming a little bit, but I'm not really getting into this. I just want you to kind of hear these scriptures because. This is a whole new th another thing when it comes to prophetic teachings and what have you. I just want to let you know that what you're reading in these few verses is where we have been and where we are going. And you got to understand, you look at Revelation when the dragon was um, uh, crouching down over the woman waiting for her to give birth so they can consume the, 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 the child as soon as he's born. But a little aside, the main thing I want us to understand here 
is that we are living in the Bible days and you're in it. And we can't live our lives so cavalierly that we're just going to, well, say Sarah, 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 whatever will be, will be. The future is not ours to see. Say Sarah, Sarah, Sarah. No, the future is yours to see. That's why the Lord put it in the Bible so you can see it. So that you won't be moved by the things that's going to take place in this earth. And far too many of us as believers, because we're not reading the, the word or we're picking and choosing what we will and will not read. All those things that's good and make us happy, we're going to read those. We're going to try to memorize those. We'll quote those over and over and over. The Lord is this. The Lord is this. And on and on and on. But when it comes to those things that are more challenges, oh, well, that's not for us today. That's in the Old Testament. And so, well, I'm a New Testament Christian. You better be a Testament Christian. Old or new. You got to understand God doesn't bifurcate his word like that. The new is built upon the old. Jesus probably quoted as much as the new, the Old Testament. There was no such thing as the New Testament then. And they only had the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. But we have much more. And all these things were done for our benefit. They were preserved for our benefit. Over a thousand years, this thing that we call the Bible has been preserved for us. But again, another one of my little asides. So I beheld in the same horn, that horn, that word horn means power. It is authority, that ability to exercise that power and authority. And they made war with the saints. Now, what is when you see this word horn, horn here, he's talking about what we would call today political authorities and power and influence on all levels. This is why Paul says we wrestle against spiritual wickedness in high places. But we in the church say, well, we don't want to hear nothing about politics. You better start listening to things about politics. You need to understand politics, especially modern politics, because it transition, it changes. And you need to understand, stand it. And far too few ministers understand politics. And partly because many of us don't want to discipline ourselves to understand it. But a little side. So the horn made war against the saints. And as we go through the times that we're in, you're going to see political leadership, whether regardless of your form of, of government, whether it's a monarchy, whether it's a democracy, whether it's a republic, whatever it is, you're going to find they're going to turn their sights on the believers. And so this scripture is telling us as the church, as the, the saints, we call ourselves saints. And then the word saints here is not talking about those individuals that the Catholics appoint as saints. This is whether or not you've done a miracle, whether or not you've done this and that and what have you. You don't determine what is and what is not a saint. God determines who and who is not a saint. And what God is saying those individuals that are in political places of authority is going to turn their sights on the church, on the saints. Why? Because it is you, it is the believer, it is us that's going to be in opposition to them. And that opposition, you may be just as quiet as a church mouse, but your mere presence is going to be opposition to them. Because if you are truly a saint, there are going to be some things that you're not going to tolerate. 
They may push you and push you and push you. But there come a point when you're going to say, no, enough is enough. No, you kill me. You prison me. You do whatever it is. I'm not going down that road. And saints, just put your fingers in the wind. Feel the way the wind is blowing. And you'll see when the wind is blowing stronger in that direction. Right now, they're trying to force the church to accept this transgenderism. And I always said, you heard me before, I think that's going to that's going to be the sledgehammer that's going to try to beat the church into submission. When they first started with these bullying laws and whatever, I said, the last thing you need to do in America is have hate crime laws and bullying laws. Just think about this, saints. There's always laws on the book to cover those things. Why do you need a new one? Why would you need a hate crime law on the books to say that it's wrong to lynch a black person or to kill a black person or any other person for that matter? Guess what? The laws are on the books. The only thing you got to do is follow the laws. So why do you need another one? Not only that, you think of a law that's like a hate crime law and ask yourself, how can you really enforce that? How can you really tell whether or not I truly hate someone? Can you? Can you really tell whether or not I hate someone? I can say, I hate you. Sometimes kids get upset with their parents. Say, I hate you. I hate you. Do they, no, they're just angry. Do they really hate their parents? Let something happen to the parent and see what they say. Oh, mama, the mama don't die. Mama don't die. Daddy don't die. But I, but I thought you hated me. Well, I don't really hate you. I don't really hate you. So can you really say that person hate that person? Or conversely, a person says, I just love you. I really just love you. I love you. And they could be stabbing you in the back all at the same time. Right? That's what the scripture tells us. When it tells us, don't just listen to what they say out of the mouth. You look at what they do. So the question then is still there. Why do they come up with these laws he called hate crime laws? So that they can determine what is and what is not a hate crime. Thank you for being with us today. I pray that today's meal was a blessing to you. If you are a serious Christian looking for a place to worship, fellowship, and fulfill God's call upon your life, consider Christ Church for the end times. And don't forget to join us on Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. for Bible study and Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. for our weekly church service. The church is located at 1910 Norwich Street in Brunswick, Georgia. You can also reach us online at sundayssupperonline.org. That's sundayssupperonline.org. You can also tune us in on your iHeartRadio app. So until next week, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And may God's richest blessing always be upon you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.